Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order Faith Friday Special Edition. I'm here with my friend J.R. Rennie. As the founder of a 30-plus year business software company, J.R. thought he was going to ride off into the sunset and retire. All the promptings, new understandings, and inspired guidance brought him to the founding of Brushfires Ministry, which is a ministry that helps other believers discover their God-given purpose and destiny the same way God led J.R. to his. J.R., thank you so much for being here, sir. It is an honor. David, I really appreciate the opportunity, and it's uh, it's been a real neat experience to be able to get to know you. Tell us about Brushfire Ministries. Um, it's been around for how many years now? Um, it was formally established and started in 2017. It really seems, as I've been getting to know you, JR, it seems as though this ministry, Brushfires, has come out of a heart cry, almost from like your inner child, you know, talking about some of the things that we went through both as kids. Um, would you mind sharing with our audience? what your childhood was like and, and how that shaped you into the man you are today? My natural father uh, was a merchant marine. And so for those that don't realize, uh, don't understand what that is, those are the men and women that work on cargo ships. And they required a lot more men back in the 60s. So he would go on a ship and the commitment was for six, nine months or more. And then would come back, would be home for a few weeks and then would be gone. So really didn't have a father figure, nobody to teach you the things that a father would normally do. I currently live in um, the uh, in North Idaho in the Coeur d'Alene area, and hunting and fishing is a big deal here. And I never went hunting or fishing with my dad. I never worked on a car engine, never did all those sort of father-son things. So figuring out how to be a man without having a man to model uh, let alone not have a Christian man uh, in my life. Uh, I tell people, and this is this is the absolute truth, I didn't have a Christian man that was in my life that I could actually model my life until I was 28 years old. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of living and a lot of orphan child thinking that gets established uh, all that time where you don't really know where you fit in this world. Um, yeah. Fortunately for me, my mom was a really good mother, a very strong woman. And uh, so I had a lot of personal confidence as it relates to my abilities, my ability to be able to achieve and, uh, and my self-image, if you will, but not so much as far as how I interact with other uh, men uh, and that sort of thing. That took, a, that took quite a while to figure that out. And, you know, I, the successes in business uh, allowed me to open up a lot of doors that wouldn't have normally happened for me because it projects you into a position of leadership and projects you into a position of authority and responsibility and mm -hmm. so forth. And it's amazing what people will presume about you simply because you're the owner of a software company and you just sort of yeah. nod your head and smile and you go on. So, so you grew into this position where you had a, a software business in Southern California and you were successful in the eyes of the world. And so that gave you credence with other people and that, and that helped to develop you as a leader. Well, one of the things that we realized and what we've uncovered through our ministry is that leadership is not 
something that is necessarily developed. It's either in the person's design or not. Um, my design happens to be riddled with leadership attributes. And so whenever I would go into as an employee in a business, I would naturally get promoted because of those leadership qualities. I didn't understand what was going on at the time. It always just seemed to happen. And to the point where circumstances required me to start my own business in 87, and then it became more and more evident that, all right, well, you are the owner of the company, so therefore you are in a leadership position. Mm -hmm. uh, I started the uh, software company, which is called RLA, with a gentleman named Philip Lindsay, who is the L of the RLA. And he uh, had already started the basic design and we were partnering together and working on it, released it and got it out there. And about three years into the business, he approached me and goes, uh, he goes, hey, JR, um, you know, I'm kind of done. I want to I want to be you know, bought out. And he loved the creative process, but he hated managing people and mm -hmm. dealing with customer, customer issues and so forth. He hated it. And my initial reaction was to be sort of like frightened, like, wait a minute, you know, Philip, we, we started this together. What you, you can't just, you know, abandon me in this process. Uh, and he looked at me and without any hesitation, he goes, JR, you're, you're a leader. You got this. Hmm. And it was that confirmation, that affirmation from a man that I respected, that I had worked very closely with, speaking that into my life. That was the final linchpin that I needed to begin to see myself as a leader hmm. because I could then look back at all the situations I've been in and every time I wind up being the leader in those situations. And that was like, no, he's right. I got this. Hmm. So we arranged the buyout program for him and he went on to do some uh, music composition, which is his true passion. And I continue to develop and run the company. At what point in your life did you become a believer? Like a like not just not just a head knowledge there's a God out there, but like a making a willful decision to submit yourself to God's leadership through Jesus Christ. Well, for me, it's sort of an odd thing because it was a two-step process. I was 12 years old uh, at a vacation Bible school in Deland, uh, Florida where at the end of that vacation Bible school, the pastor came in and sat with us and said, you know, kind of told us, gave us the gospel message and said, do, do any of you want to accept Jesus as your savior? And I raised my hand. Yeah, I do. Uh, and then back into my non-Christian good people world and really didn't have any growth in my, my, my Christian life since, uh, till then. When I was 27, 28 years old, I got called back to the, uh, and that's when I started to meet as, an, as a man, as an adult, uh, other Christians that I could begin to model my life at. So mm -hmm. it really was a huge two-step process. There was the commitment that God made to me at 12, and I needed that for reasons that I, I shared with you um, earlier about my abusive uh, stepfather that came in the picture when I was 13. So I needed that salvation so that the Holy Spirit would restrain my hand from doing something that I would regret. Mm -hmm. And but that was it. You know, I knew that that was real and I knew that I uh, was going to go to heaven. But 
there was no real sanctification process. There was no walking it out. There was none of that until until 28 when he called me to the church, uh, back to the church, and I've been growing ever since. JR, what makes you tick? Well, in our language, I would say it's my developer, my director. So uh, our assessment program, which is part of the Brush Fires Ministry, developers are thing, are people that um, when they when they have leadership capabilities uh, married to it, will see an idea, a concept, and they will they will see the potential of its success, and they will leverage it as often as they can to repeat repeat the process. And then the director in me, which is part of my impact style, director is motivated to create order out of chaos. And so if I see something that is dangerous or concerning or um, just really inefficient, there's a natural tendency for me to jump in, get it organized, get it structured, get it right um, functioning, and then you know move on. And so those are the two main drivers that are part of my personal wiring that God has. And it, I can see it. Uh, when clients would come to us with a software uh, upgrade where they wanted our product, which was well-structured and organized, uh, the very first thing is, all right, I have to somehow take their disorganized environment and get it to work within our organized, structured environment. And that mm -hmm. was part of that, and I was just living out who God wired me to be. The difference is, is instead of doing it for businesses, and um, software products, I'm now doing it for uh, churches and individual believers, getting them to be organized and structured to accomplish what it is that God wants them to do. So mm -hmm. you practice in the real world using finances and business opportunities and so forth, and then God perfects you in working with his children I see an overlap, you know, and you reference that the, the things that you were doing in the, the business realm, you're now applying to the church. Would you say that you're seeing the same issues, the same problems in the church today that, that you were trying to solve in the business world? Yeah, that, that was really part of the epiphany in 2017 was you have a very few number of people who are actively involved in ministry. A good portion of those aren't happy with what they're doing. And you've got a large congregation of lay people that are not invested. Um, you've got people that are more invested in their softball team on the weekends or their businesses than they are in ministry. And part of that is because there is a fear of church leaders, of strong business minded people strong director type of people stepping in and asking questions and holding them accountable. There's also a lack of visibility of what ministry means to the layperson. Ministry is not simply worship pastors and missionaries and so forth. Ministry is what God wants to do through your natural design. So if you happen to be charismatic and you happen to be you know, very approachable and so forth, well, quite likely that God designed you that way so that you could be an evangelist. Hmm. What does that look like? Well, that looks like you're going through the checkout line. You see the checker having a really bad day and you simply ask them the question, Hey, how's your day gone? Are, are people, you know, are people treating you right? That starts a conversation with that checker where you can then share Christ 
You can share your church. You can share any of these opportunities. And all it is is a natural use of your God-given design and abilities to be building up and strengthening the body of Christ. So mm-hmm. for us, our ministry is focused in on people that have already made a commitment to Christ that are already there, but just don't know what it is that God is calling them to do. We can get them closer to the path of what God wants to do through them. And then God does the leading and directing and enabling that going, going forward. Our job is just to get them closer to the right path so that God and, and the individual uh, will begin to work together and allow God to work through them. That's, that's fascinating. And I, and I think it's very much needed. I mean, clearly I know myself, like it's just been probably within the last year that, that I feel like, not that I definitely don't have it all figured out, but I'm starting to move in the direction that God is calling me to do. And like you, I had to come to a crossroads in a, in a business. Can you share some success of people who have been through the program that Brush Fires Ministry offers over the last five or six years? I give you uh, one that was the uh, he was in the very first class. Uh, it was the son-in-law of another couple that were taking the uh, class, and what they did um, is at the end of the process, he went through the DGM process, and he had a real strong finance uh, aspect in his ability, the ability to understand finances and be able to do that. And what we wound up uh, coming up with is purpose statement had to do with finances and how to pursue it. Hmm. So what I did was encourage him, I go, have you taken any education like in a business class or an accounting class or anything of that nature? He goes, yeah, I've always thought about it, but I just didn't do it. This guy was in his let's say early twenties and a year later he reached out to me, said, you know, Hey, JR, I just want to let you know I'm uh, down in Boise. Uh, I am now enrolled in college. I'm taking these finance classes and so forth. I just were, I'm really loving it. Thank you. Well, I ran into his mother-in-law about a month ago and I go, Hey, how's he doing? Well, he just landed this really great job at Vanguard Finances. He's he's a trader there now and absolutely loving it, living in Dallas, Texas uh, with their wow. daughter uh, wow. that, that they are now expecting their first grandchild with. So from that moment of inspiration of this is a direction that you really should go uh, and then pursuing it, doing the legwork and then ultimately getting um, the job. And that was very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other comes to mind it was this beautiful young lady, probably late 20s, early 30s, um, was a CrossFit person, really uh, into fitness and so forth. And we were going through uh, her design and she was uh, what we call a high refiner. So these are people that are natural critics. And she was having problems in relationships because I think in many ways, her beauty attracted a certain type of person. And then that refiner in her, the ones that is is expecting excellence, you know, really scared them. And we were in the middle of her uh, design discovery meeting and she was sitting here with her mother. And I said something and all of a sudden she started crying. She goes, finally, somebody who sees me, somebody who gets Mm -hmm. me. 
These are the sort of things that are necessary in the body of Christ for a person with your wiring. Walk in that direction. You'll be a lot happier. If we could all grow and be mature enough to celebrate our differences, the church would be so, so much different. And I, I believe, I believe that's what God is doing. He's, he's leveling us up collectively right now so that we can embrace that. So we can recognize what, well, you, you stay in your lane. You're really good over there and you're going to affect people positively where you are. And I'm going to go this direction because I don't have your skill set and I don't have the ability to relate to people in that, in that way. I think, I think that's, that's amazing. Um, well, we are in difficult times. Um, as everybody understands in the church. And I generally believe it's going to get worse. And so I think the timing for brush fires is absolutely, once again, God's perfect timing. And I'm sure he's doing similar things in other parts of the world uh, and the country. But the lay people need to start stepping up and increasing um, their participation and their working with God. As things get crazier and crazier, the lost out there are going to be coming to the church going, all right, the government's crazy, uh, the educational system is crazy, the world is crazy, Christians, what do you got? Yeah. And that is our opportunity to be able to share the word, to be able to teach them, build them yeah. up in the body of Christ, because Unfortunately, I just see, see things getting crazier in this world, um, not better. So the church needs to be ready for the harvest that God is preparing uh, because we're close to it. I firmly believe we do that through listening. Just like you said, you know, this, this young lady that you were able to get through to, she, she had a life-changing moment because she recognized that you were listening to her. And if we would just stop and listen to God saying, what do you want me to do? If we would stop and listen to people saying, I hear you, I see you, we would earn their trust. And from that position of trust, then we can bless them with the truth that they so desperately need to hear. Jared, who is Jesus to you? I don't think anybody's ever asked that to me. I mean, obviously it's my savior. uh, And and did something that um, I could never do, pay my sin debt, Um, lived a life completely sinless, but also restrained his God-given authority and power uh, as he was being mistreated or as he was being uh, abused and misunderstood by the religious and those in power. Yeah, he's my savior. He's my Lord. Amen. Thank you for answering such a personal question. If somebody wants more information on brush fires, of course we can send them to the website, but can you give us a high level overview of what going through one of these sessions looks like for, for somebody? Um, Yeah. So there's really two main aspects and, and um, thrusts of our ministry. One is in the area of getting the believer to go through this discipling process, and that's the eight sessions. Um, The website is brushfires.group, but we are very close to launching a digital version of the workshop so that people don't have to physically be present. So if they go to brushfires.group and go to the contact page and say, hey, I'm interested in your digital workshop when you're ready, that's easiest. Uh, They can take the assessments immediately. All that's online. They can buy our workbook. 
that goes through the, uh, the workshop materials. Our secondary thrust is really with Christian businesses and uh, Christian leaders in the church to educate them on how to use our tools to disciple their flock. Um, mm. We're told to encourage one another uh, to, to serve and to minister. We should take the time and the effort to learn how that person is wired and how they are best to serve. Mm. Uh, you could have one of the most gifted teachers in your presence, and that person is greeting people out the door, and that's the extent of the ministry because that's a need that the church has. And if you simply realize what a gifted teacher that person was and invested a little bit of effort uh, in that, you might reap a huge benefit. Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with being a greeter at the door and making people feel comfortable or making coffee, but in the big picture, that doesn't really fit into the evangelist, apostle, prophet, uh, teacher, or pastoral uh, types of ministry. We need right. to figure out what type of ministry that God created that person to be part of and get them actively involved in what God created them to do. So when we can work with leaders to help them um, be able to get their flock to be able to do what it is that God wants them to do, if you took an inventory of all your people in a congregation and you found out that the vast majority of those people um, have teaching and counseling giftings, wouldn't it make sense that you started a program that would give people an opportunity to become qualified uh, Bible study teachers, uh, scriptural teachers, and counselors. Take an inventory of the raw material of human potential that God's given you, church leader, and then set your agenda according to the resources that God's given you. Anything else doesn't make sense. Um, maybe it's just that organizational part of me that you know has been part of my wiring since day one, but seems to me that we should really figure out the people that God's given us and then align our ministries with the giftings in those people. That, that yeah. seems to make a lot of sense. But what would you say to people who, who would ask the question, where does the Holy Spirit fit in to applying business principles to the church? Well, these are principles um, that I'm talking about. Um, there is There are a number of different types of personality assessments, but there is a very uh, small sliver of them called psychometric assessments. Psychometric is the science of understanding how a person is wired. Um, a psychometric assessment result will be the same if you're 18, 48, or 88. It has nothing to do with your um, gender or your uh age or any of those things. It has to do with your internal wiring that God gave you. He created all of us for good works. It seems easy to understand that if he equipped us for those good works, we should really explore what that equipping is. And so the assessments we use are these psychometric assessment tools. It's simply a matter of evaluating something that is internal that you can't see from the outside. Um, mm -hmm. If you're putting together a basketball team, you're going to look for tall people. That's just the way that game is played. Um, if you're going to be uh, recruiting for a softball team, you know, it's really convenient to have um, a, a left-handed first baseman and a right-handed third baseman. It's just 
they are more efficient at those positions. Well, this is nothing more than doing the analysis of what a person was created and wired by God. And instead of simply using it in the business world, which they've been doing for years now, we can use it in the Christian world to actually get people closer to what it is that God created them to do. Business does do a few things right. And the smarter businesses, the successful businesses do a lot of things right. Truth is applicable in every arena. Um, it makes a lot of sense. I, I saw on your website, I, I believe I saw something that was um, Firestorm, maybe. Um, right. is, 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 that, is that related to or in addition to these eight-week programs that you guys do? Yeah, so it's actually designed for us to do the entire eight-week program in two days. That's what oh, the wow. Firestorm Conference is. Now, it, it's very intense, and it's a lot of information. Uh, we also do what we just did yesterday. We finished one with this pregnancy center that I mentioned called Fire World. And that is a leadership training conference where we go into things like training people to be better listeners, training them to be uh, assertive communicators as opposed to passive or passive-aggressive communicators, where we reveal the tactics of the enemy of how they will create division and disunity uh, in a Christian business, what a, an inclusive thought is, uh, the difference between perceptions and reality, the whole um, problem with us projecting our design, what's easy for us to do onto other people, and then somehow holding them responsible for not being good at something that we're naturally good at. Mm -hmm. All those things are crippling tools that create disunity, division, um, and um, cause breakdowns in relationship, which impacts the effectiveness of the body of Christ. So we have the leadership training that I just mentioned in Firewall. The Firestorm is a two-day conference where we can travel to your uh, church and do the two days. But um, those are our just our, the pro some of the products that we have available to strengthen the body of Christ. Okay, awesome. JR, thank you. Where can we find more information for people listening who are intrigued and want to go back over and check out some of these resources for themselves? Where, where can they find that? So brushfires.group is our primary website. The new digital website is brushfires-digital.com. And uh, under brushfires.group, you'll be able to reach out to us if you're interested in when that digital product is available. Uh, you'll be able to register and take the assessments immediately. It's all online now. Uh, there's a button there that says Take Assessments. Uh, you can purchase the workbook to learn about it, what we do. We have a, um, a series of videos that were produced during the COVID lockdown, but we actually have had people who have gone through our entire program and used those Zoom recordings that we have on our site. So if they are really anxious and want to do this today, they can actually do it today. Um, we had okay, an airline great. pilot that was never at one place for any length of time, but he was able to go through our entire, entire program. In fact, doing his DDM all via Zoom and watching these recordings in China and all the different places wow. that he was flying to. Uh, and then uh, was able to get the full benefit of our program simply by using uh, those products that we already have available. 
if I understand, you'll do some of these firestorm events like a, a local church can invite you in to do that. Do you guys have a facility or something up in Idaho or in California where, where you can invite people in as well? Not yet. Um, our ministry is is expanding quickly. We just don't have the financial resources yet to have our own facility. Uh, it is our hope because a lot of the people that go through our workshop program um, have been hurt a lot, um, either through childhood traumas. Uh, and as our desire, if uh, we get the uh, financial backing, to begin to create a coaching and ultimately a counseling uh, center where people will be able to, um, based upon their design, the idea is always getting the person past their trauma, past their hurts, past their pain points, so that they can once again actively minister and be involved in church ministry. So mm -hmm. through these coaching um, uh, in, uh, sessions, we'll be able to do that, and we're wanting to be able to go into that in, in a more formal way uh, as we get the uh, funds to be able to, to do so. You know, I was not ever a proponent of coaching, um, business coaching and, uh, until I tried it. And to my shame, it was just last year when I finally did it, but it was life changing. I was, I just received a ton of discipleship, a ton of discipleship. Like this guy was teaching me how to react in different situations, the, the way a man would teach his son. And I just thought, what a shame, how heartbreaking it is that this doesn't happen in the church because we need it. You know, we just, we need it. Um, so God bless you, JR. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It's, it's amazing. I think it's a work that is so needed. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with people before we wrap up today? I will challenge people until they have had God work through them. They really haven't experienced God yet. Um, getting to heaven is not the intent of what Jesus did and what he uh, really accomplished. Um, it wasn't about getting the believer to heaven. It was about getting heaven into the believer so that, that, so that God can begin to minister as the person was intended to minister. Um, every one of our purpose statements that we produce through our uh, a coaching session, the design discovery meeting, every one of them has to do with how you serve in the body of Christ. This discipling program that we, we've developed, uh, these tools that we've been able to pull together and to create are intended to strengthen the body of Christ and to allow a person to walk into their full potential. If a if you've ever asked yourself the question, why do I not experience uh, the same joy and fulfillment that my pastor does or that other person does? I will tell you it's quite likely it's because you're not walking in your purpose and you're walking contrary to God's design for you. Amen. Um, God will allow us to use our giftings to um, financially benefit our family and so forth. But it's not until you use those giftings and that design as he intended for you to use it by ministering in whatever ministry looks like uh, to you, you don't really know what God is capable of doing. And you don't experience that joy and fulfillment. When that lady 
that young lady looked at me and go, finally, somebody gets me. I knew I was doing what God wanted me to do. Yeah. God was using me to say to that young lady, I see you. I haven't forgotten you. I know you. You're perfect as I created you to be. Do not be ashamed of who you are. No, you're not weird. This is this is going to be good. It's going to be good for you. Trust me. Follow me. And that's yeah. that is the message that God wants to speak to all of His children. Yeah. God simply wants you to get your feet on the right path, and He'll yeah. tell you one step at a time. He's not going to show you the five-year plan. He's not going to show you, you know, all the hardships you're going to go through. He's going to say, "This is the next step." Do you trust me? Amen. And as we all know, you can't please God without faith. And faith is taking that next step in trust that you believe that God has got you and is leading you. When you talk about finding your true purpose, just think of the analogy of a screwdriver being used as a hammer. Right, That screwdriver is never going to be fully functional or pleased. I mean, they might have a great attitude and and make the best of it, but I guarantee you they're going to have a headache at the end of every day. Um, they might fight a good fight. Even if you take that screwdriver and use it as a chisel, it's, it's close. It's so much closer than being a hammer, but it's still going to get chipped and broken and cracked. But when you use that screwdriver to do what it's intended to do, it's going to have a long, successful life, and it's not going to be damaged at the end of every day. And so a program like this with brush fires is to help people figure out what kind of tool they are in the kingdom and how they can be used more effectively. And even with the most minor distinctions of being a common versus a Phillips head screwdriver, you know, I mean, we're all different. We all have a specific role to play. And I'm so grateful, JR, genuinely that you're doing this work, that you're helping people to find what it is that they are supposed to be doing. And then they can have that abundant life that Jesus was preaching about in the Gospel of John. Um, you, you don't realize it, but you, you literally just took uh, part of our second session called Purpose. That is the analogy that I demonstrate in front of the students. Uh, people, if people go to our website and go to the workshop videos that are there, um, they'll, uh, in the purpose class, I literally use a hammer and a screwdriver. In fact, <laughs> I, I use a, I didn't know uh, that <laughs> I use a, I, I know you did. That's, that's God's just talking right through you, David. Um, in fact, I walk around with this large Phillips head, uh, screwdriver. And I said, if I'm God and I pick up this tool, what kind of job am I going to do? And people can mm. examine the tool and go, Oh, well, you're going to use this, you know, either tighten or, or loosen a screw that it requires a large Phillips head. Well, if you understand your design and what kind of tool you are and you see a job that has your name on it, guess what? Go over there and do it. Amen. That, Amen. That's, I, 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 I was smiling while you were telling that analogy because it was like, okay, does this guy actually read the book already? Because, uh, um, that is, uh, chapter two of the book called purpose. So purpose. All right. Well, we will get a link in that link to that book in the, in the show notes, JR, once again, my friend, thank you so much. I'm grateful to have you as a brother, to be aligned with you and searching for kingdom purpose and helping unlock that for people. Uh, it's been a, a true honor having you here today. Oh, David, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, getting to chat with you and to your audience. And 
Um, my contact information is on the website so people can just reach out to us and um, we're still small enough that we actually return phone calls uh, with human uh, humans on the other end. So we'd love to love chat that. with your people. Awesome.